Welcome to the Woke Blokes podcast, hosted by Nick Sutherland from MindFit and Ryan Hassan from the Center for Healing. Let's get into today's episode. Look at bloody shitty and shitty on the podcast today. I know. We're not getting an argument. Listeners are going to love it. Ladies and gentlemen, the welcome other... back. <laughs> Go. Just saying, the other, the other side of equanimity. Yeah. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Woke Blokes podcast. Ryan Hassan here as always, joined by Nick Sutherland. We've got a bit of a grumpy Nick today. Nick, what's going on? Oh, fuck off. <laughs> I, I, I might enjoy this. I think I might enjoy this oh, side of you. Today. I'm, I'm gonna ham. I'm gonna ham it up a bit. I'm gonna. I know. On That's all right. But, uh, no, nothing wrong with that. But you've had a bit going on, mate. You've had a, a break in at the office there. You've had some art stolen. You've literally, literally, just before we jumped on the the show here, you've had to remove someone uh, from your bathroom or toilets there at the office. It's uh, yeah. interesting. Interesting week for you down there at Mindfit HQ. Welcome to the OK Corrals, the fucking wild, wild west down here. Just people doing what they fucking well please, just strolling in, grab themselves some artwork, just shoot up in the bathroom at the back, hose your bike down. What am I, bike car wash? Like, I can't see a sign out the back, $2 car, bike car wash. Sure. Strap, strap yourselves in, people. This is going to be a ripper. I can feel it already. This is great. Old mate out the back strapped his arm in and then fucking yeah. stuck a needle in it. And Well, he didn't. He didn't actually get the chance to because I interrupted him. He had he a got chair his, set up. He got his bike washed, though. He did. He was like, hey, come on. I'll wash your bike for you. Two bucks. You go and, you go and shoot some smack in the dunny and I'll wash your bike for you. <laughs> I'm like, what are you doing here? He's like... Oh, I just, I just, I just saw the. I looked over the fence and saw there was a hose and thought I'd wash my bike. I'm like, what? <laughs> who, who, does, who looks over a fence for starters? And then he's come through the back gate because fucking Shane forgot to padlock it. So I've just, I've just rung him and torn him a new one. Shane, Shane's copped grumpy Nick voicemail. Shane has copped. Shane has copped military Nick. It's like, <laughs> stop doing fucking half a job. Uh, and, and you asked him, this man if he was homeless, and he's, he's not, though. Well, he said no, but he, yeah, he was, he was wearing a trench coat, like, on a, a warmish sort of, oh, it's just all odd, man, I don't know. Oh, it's, it was weird. Like, the break-in, yeah, so they've smashed the back door in, like, it had dead bolts in you know, they've really worked and then they've made themselves a I'm glad they feel that's the vibe we were going after when I was trying to you know, create this place so clearly it's working because they've made themselves a chocky they've, they've dropped a little bit and, and cleaned it up uh, and they've just taken three bits of art that were uh, pretty uh, important to me personally but I didn't take it personally I've, I've, so I experienced suffering I felt I felt a bit sad. That, I think you're, you know, I think you're in a bit of suffering at the minute, Nick. I'm choosing to. I'm choosing to be in a distortion right now. This is, <laughs> this is mindful distortion. Mindful distortion. Uh, no. I love it. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so I've been. I've been fine about the break-in. It was all good. It was just. Uh, 
Yeah, it's what it is. It's not outside the realms of probability or possibility that a, a commercial property is going to get broken into, you know. So it is what it is and everything's impermanent. Yep, art gets stolen, okay. Um, I felt my mind trying to go into these distortions. It's not fair and I can't believe and taking it personally and they shouldn't have done that and they're so fucked and, you know, the, the typical stuff but i didn't uh it was weird actually <laughs> i read a quote ages ago so was, you know you've done too much work when you can be um empathetic for um someone who's broken the law or something along those lines and so i was like i was just a bit sad for these people like it's a bit sad that they feel the need to break into somewhere and steal some art um so with the, with the break-in it was fine you know it's just it's what it is took him a stride but then I wasn't meant to be in the office today and I've just rocked up here because I got to take Polly to the vet and I thought I'll just come here. Just been on the in the wood chipper all day, all, all morning, hired a wood chipper. And, right. Yeah. And went to town at home the other day just smashing all these branches out and so nice. I just chip, chipped it all up. How manly. Uh, you? Were you playing a bit of Jimmy uh, Barnes or something while you were doing that? No, or? I had, had the chainsaw out though. Chainsaw? All right. On, hockey hockey mask chainsaw. as well or not? No, no, I'm ask. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, bit of that this morning. So I've come up to Morningson, popped in the office, walked out the back door, and I've seen this head bobbed in. And so there's two outside toilets, one of them we're using for storage. The other one's right near the back door. Um, but you've got to walk down some stairs to get to it. So um, I'm up, and, and it doesn't have a top over the door. Like there's about six inch, six inch yep. gap between the top of the door and the, the door frame. And I've seen this head just bop down. I'm like, are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> and this bloke's just going, oh, shit. And, like, if it was – if the if the break-in hadn't have happened, I would have handled it much differently. But yeah. I just chose – I felt I felt the distortion. I was like, I can't believe someone's – I was like, mate, what are you doing? He's like, oh, I'm just washing my bike. I went, you're in a toilet cubicle. You're not washing a bike. And he had some pack unrolled and – you know, hooked up on top of the mirror and everything. I'm like, are you having a shower? Is that your, is that your shower bag? Are you, are you homeless? What are you, no, mate, I'm not homeless. What, what are you doing here? It's like, I'm just taking a shit. I'm like, it's not your toilet. <laughs> you have no rights being here. You don't belong here. You, you're trespassing. And it's like, yeah, I just looked over the fence and saw the hose. I went, oh, I why are you looking over the fence? Why do you? Why does your bike need a wash on a Friday afternoon in someone's business? Like, oh, all very valid questions. And I've come in the back door, and there's got some water has gotten underneath the door onto the mat. And uh, where were you washing your bike on the fucking on the landing at the back door? Oh, I, I just, that's so weird. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and Nick. so he's like, "Oh, sorry, mate. I filmed him. I've, 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 I'm gonna pull. Up. Check this. I don't know if you can hear Broken into me understands that I'm upset. That's nice. 
He's empathetic, <laughs> empathetic towards you, compassionate, Nick. <laughs> so, well, it's these things, they tend, they, they, that, that's when know, things tend to get to us, you know, when we start to have these things sort of stack on top of each other. No, but I observed it, you know, and, and I observed it. I'm, you know, with the breaking, I observed how we, we are in our thoughts, the observation of our thoughts. So I observed my thoughts on the break-in, you know, when the lights got stolen off my car, I observed that. I observed this bloke here. So I observed my thoughts and I, I saw them starting to swell and and to grow. And I was like, I could have taken the hard path and I just went, fuck it. I, I, I take the hard path so often, I'm going to let this bloke have it. It's not okay. You, you mindfully took the easy path. I, if I if I placate him, if I was yes, because I had to set a boundary. He had to know that that um, you know if I had gone into equanimity and said, "Oh, oh, that's all right, mate." Well, hey, next time, can you please not come in? He's he's going to go. Sure, mate, and sure enough, it'd be next Friday. So yeah, well, this I'm is this is uh, we spoke about this distortion. Um, after I stubbed my toe and spilt the coffee a little while back, and then we actually were having a chat about you know the the, the, the healthy times to start to use our anger, and I think when uh, uh, the health, I mean the mm. the the the, the, um, the whole idea of anger is that's how we set boundaries. That's what sort of the emotions for. So when our boundaries are encroached, we're able to actually set them, and and anger allows us to do that. You know, not anger is in trying to hurt, but anger is in being able to stand our ground firmly and say no. You know, no means no in that respect. And I think it's a healthy, a healthy use of anger to tell someone, stop fucking washing your bike and having a shit in my toilet. Absolute madhouse around here at the moment. <laughs> so everyone has an idea so, of the, the peninsula and how beautiful it is. <laughs> oh, it's, it's like Frank, Frankston's leaking and all of a sudden, <laughs> you know, <laughs> Washing into Mornington. <laughs> uh, that's right, mate. It's, at least it's not boring. My life is far from boring yeah. right now. <laughs> far, far, far from boring. And you find it's funny sometimes we, uh, uh, and this can be a distortion itself when things are a bit too, you know, calm. We look for to shake things up and mix things up a bit, and then we tend to go the other way and go. Things are way too mixed up. I want some more. I want some more normality in my life and less excitement. I, I talk to clients about the stoic expression, a more fatigue, which is a love of fate. You know, so a love of whatever happens. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, out on the golf course, I love that my, my ball is in the bunker because now I get to it's an opportunity to, to hit a great shot and blah blah blah. So it's reframe it and going into constructive thinking. But um, it's how's uh, it going with that? So this is what happens when you're in a distortion. You've you got spaghetti brain, there. Nick. In your own uh-huh. words, you've got uh-huh. spaghetti brain. You can't. And I wanted to. I wanted to hold on to this so the listeners know that, you know, because a lot of my clients go, oh, you just, you know, do you get upset? And I go, of course they They, they seem to have this perception that I'm just some Buddha-like, you know, Well, they get an master. idea of perfect in their head, which which yeah. which can then seem unattainable. Yeah. So, um, you know, as we talk about, I'm no different to anyone else. What were you talking about before I started talking? And you were talking about... Um, I did have a good point. 
It'll come back to you, Dick. I'm sure. No, probably won't. It's just it's so. I wasn't talking so... too much. You were just you were just banging on. Oh, the the that. storm. Yeah. So we um, yeah. So we talk about um, being a quantumus and and yeah, you know, more tea, a love of fate and everything. And uh, so I love everything that's happened in my life, my childhood, my army experience, and everything. Um, because it's it's led me to, to be sitting here talking to you today. But I'll, I wouldn't go chasing that sort of stuff. So we don't want to avoid – we don't want to go diving into a storm, like imagine, you know, you're sailing a metaphor, and, and you don't, you don't want to see a storm on the horizon with thunder and lightning and green clouds and go, oh, beauty, I'm going to go and sail straight into that just for a bit of fun. But – uh, and so we, we'd ideally like to navigate around the storm, you know, whatever the storm is in your life. Um, but sometimes it's inevitable it rolls in really quickly, and that's where we need to stand up and, all right, I've got to I've got to stay present and get through this storm. I've got to navigate my way through this storm. So there's yeah, I'm not going to you know I live a fairly equanimous life, and I'm, I don't go and chase storms intentionally but when they arise like some dude smacking up in the toilet after I've just just been broken into on the weekend I'm like yeah I'm going to navigate through this storm and and let the storm know that I'm not to be fucked with as well yeah yeah because some people can get a bit too much the other way like you were saying it's like you know like with you like you obviously you know went through in the army and you're a victim of sexualized violence i went through drug addiction i'm not, and, a, vic- I'm not a victim no i'm just trying to use that word I, I know that's not the right word but i'm just saying so then you know we we say we're very thankful and glad we went through all that we went through because it led us to be here today but that doesn't mean we're going to seek out more struggle more situations like that because that's the, the way to grow <laughs> you know but some people do get a bit i've, I've seen people go like you know oh, i've got to chase you know, struggle or, or go through certain things. And, you know, it's not, not so much the case. Like you said, it's when the storm, when you realize you're in it, it's like, okay, now I've got to try and navigate this and, and accept it so I can move through it. Not too, many not people, chase it. Too, too many people scamper and go below deck and hide and just wish and hope and wants it all to pass. That, that They're actually very passive where we need to stay you know, on deck behind the wheel, um, you know, holding holding to our course so yeah i'm, I'm not going to run off and try and find some eight dudes and say hey guys anyone can, are you guys bored can you any chance you can strip me naked and zip tie me to a cage and whip me and fire hose me and yeah you know, it's a, just uh it's a sunday afternoon thought a bit of sexualized if, if you're not, if you're not too busy yeah 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 <laughs> anyone just do us a favor do, do us a solid will you thanks guys yeah, it's been it's been twenty years, and I thought maybe maybe it's time again. Jew again, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I, yeah. So no, it's, you're it's... obviously you're obviously not going to go running looking for that stuff, but and, and when you're in it, it's it's difficult and it feels like shit. But when you come out of it, there's always value to take out of something. So. Yeah, of course. And then once uh, once you're you know move through your mindful cognitive distortions, then you're just going to have a funny story to tell. Totally, but some people, (laughs) some people can go too far into. uh, I had clients once come in after a few sessions. She goes, "Nick, I think I'm bored," and I was like, "Oh, that's interesting." And tell me what bored means. And anyway, it turns out she'd had a life of conflict, and she was um, she was just experiencing peace. So she mistook boredom for peace. 
Um, so yeah, some people are conditioned to conflict and just keep trying to create it. They ag- they'll, they'll intentionally no, they'll unconsciously ag- cause agitation in others, press buttons to to you know feel something. Yeah, and that- but sometimes people go the other way and they become too apathetic and they just like to uh, experience too much of it. So um, yeah, no, it's often like people who've had a. You know, the, the, the childhood when they were growing up was very chaotic. So their nervous system has kind of become adapted to chaos. Because, mm. you know, our, our nervous system gets adapted to whatever environment we're in. And so if it gets adapted to that, then all of a sudden, and you see it a lot, like some of a chaotic upbringing, a chaotic series of boyfriends or girlfriends, and then they're like, they find a, a partner who's like really good for them and really chilled. And they're like, I found the perfect man or woman. Oh, it's so good. Then a few weeks in, they start getting the shakes because <laughs> they're like, mm-hmm. well, this is too good. This is too good. I'm, have not, withdrawal used, symptoms. I'm not used to peace. I'm not used to peace. And then they start. Yeah, and they'll sabotage know, it. They'll sabotage it. Exactly. Because they're like, uh, subconsciously, they're like, no, no, this is way too calm and peaceful for me, which is um, not how my nervous system was adapted. I don't, I don't know what this is. Therefore, I'm afraid of it. It's uncomfortable. I'm going to get rid of it. Mm. Exactly. And so then we'll but, seek but- out these partners or friends that aren't, aren't really good for us, but they help us replay the circumstances from when we were younger. So what's to say? Something to chaos? What's your, your Addicted to uh, chaos. It's a great name for oh, a band. I, I, yeah, I said nervous system becomes adapted to chaos. Yeah. Addicted to chaos is a good name for a band. <laughs> so I was adapted. Adapted to chaos. Yeah, yeah. Adapted to chaos. Um, and so, yeah, yeah, it's like this this adaptation that happens and, you know, that that's why it's like even you talk about environmental factors like you know there's so much good science coming out now about how much uh, in the womb our environment you know the environment of our mother affects the unborn fetus and you know mm. women women who have very stressed pregnancies uh the babies are born with higher levels of cortisol in their system which is mm. the stress hormone so you talk about being like really early on like before we were born adapted to these stress conditions that's how early it can start I can feel it now, and it, it, like I'm, I'm, I'm tuned right in, and it just doesn't feel good. It doesn't. Yeah. Like I, I can feel it's, it's sort of, um, it's, a, it's like you know you're shaky, but you're, you're just I don't know. You can fucking yeah. feel. Yeah, and this is why it's so like important for people to understand. This is how. That, that nervous system adapts. So for like you, you're someone who loves, you know, the Sultan of Still, you know, you're someone who loves an equanimous life and and taking things in their stride. Then all of a sudden you have this break in. And a few days later, you've got someone in your bloody toilets washing their butt and all this stuff. So it is, it's this, it's this unsettling feeling, you know, which, which, you know, most people would have that response. Now imagine when you're younger and you have that unsettling feeling most of the time because maybe yeah you know maybe your parents are on drugs or alcoholic maybe you're um getting bullied at school every day um you know but so you've got that feeling all the time so in order to survive our body starts to adapt and said okay these are these are normal conditions which they're not but they're happening all the time so those normal conditions then we start to adapt to stress and that starts to feel normal because um that's really the only way and, and the intelligence of our body is incredible that it does that because it just wants us to survive these stressful events over and over again because you know if you're used to that still state and imagine if this feeling of the break-in person, the toilets was happening, you know, three days a week, every week, like you, you wouldn't be able to handle that. It'd be just horrible. Mm. Like you you know, you'd, so you you'd have to start to adapt to those conditions, which I hope you don't yeah, have to. Nick. <laughs> no, well, we're going to put an alarm and some cameras in, <laughs> uh, but it's really been really interesting as I could, yeah, I, I am, 
Um, and I talked about an agitated mind, you know, so ideally our, our emotions are like a calm, serene lake. And, and so I consciously let the storm, you know, build those waves in my emotions um, just to see what it was like. You know, it's a Friday afternoon, what else I got to do? Um, and the opportunity presented itself. So, yeah, but sitting and sitting here now, like I don't, I don't like this. It's just, it's not, um, it's not authentic to who I feel I am. So mm. it's, it's, it's not sitting well within me. My, my being is not well right now. Mm. You have an unwell being. I'm going to call this episode Grumpy Nick. <laughs> Great. It's <laughs> the best. Yeah. Cause um, I found for myself, you know, the more I, you know, peel back the layers and went through my met- metanoia, um, mm. was that, you know, years ago, I remember the first time I tried meditation, I sort of, I, I just started to get into self-help, you know, I started to read a couple of self-help books and was getting a bit excited about that whole world, positive thinking and all that rubbish. And um, so weird that title, self-help. It's just, I don't yeah. know why I laugh at it. <laughs> self-help or personal development. And yeah. um I, I read you know, in a couple of the books of people talking about meditation and I'm like, fuck, I've got to give this a go, talking about the benefits and all that kind of jazz. And I was so adapted with all that was you know, in my system with trauma and all that kind of stuff and, and bad thinking styles that I just needed stimulation constantly. Like I, I would get home from work and um, literally walk through the door and just turn TV on, radio on, you know, all this shit on. And I wouldn't even really be watching or listening to any of it, but I needed background noise mm. all the time. Mm. And so I'm like, oh, I'm doing this meditation. I was home alone and I went into the back room, turned everything off and I sat on the couch and I lasted about 20 seconds, I reckon, before I went, fuck this. And I got up and started turning shit back on. I'm like, that's horrible because I was left with all that that unconscious stuff that I actually wasn't aware of at the time. And, you know, as I've gone through this, this metanoia process, you know, I find now it's just, it's really swung in the opposite direction. Like, you know, we're talking about when we come back to Australia, finding somewhere to, you know, settle down um, with Tommy and everything. And I'm like, I want a quiet place with like, you know, neighbours that aren't too close, like everyone a bit far away. And I just sort of want... Um, peace and quiet and, and less and less noise, I suppose. So I think if, that, that, that tends to be the case for a lot of people, I think, when they go down this path. Oh, interesting you listening to you talking about the meditation because when, when people talk to me about meditation, like, oh, you know, what's, what's the best way to meditate? I'm like, well, there is no best way to meditate. There are many ways to meditate. There are meditative exercises, meditative activity, blah, blah, blah. And I said, look, for, for me personally, I, I don't see the value in sitting in uh, a, a very soft, quiet room with Enya humping some whales in the background and, and beautiful candles burning and a rainbow falling upon my head and it's just perfect and serene and I'm just going to meditate. No, that was the best meditation. I just, I really, I really transcended. I really went somewhere then. It's, it's not real life. It's, it's like, I love meditating on the train from Flinders Street to Frankston at peak hour on a Friday Arvo because there's noise and there's shit going on around. And I think it's, it's a it's a 
far more productive meditation. I don't, I don't like you know binary thinking, better or worse, good or bad meditation. I, well, we don't, we don't use that here. So it's a more productive meditation. I feel. Yeah, I like so, those as well because I um, uh, I've. Uh, always had issues with uh, hypervigilance, which comes along with this, you know, chaos and 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 always needing stimulation and that kind of thing. So I've never heard of it after being trained in the military. Yeah, yeah, I was going to say it's a very military what, term. What's, that what's, one. What's, what's, what's hypervigilance? <laughs> you know, well, I go to a cafe and always have my my back so no one's behind me and I'm facing an exit and that kind of stuff. Maybe I was army in a past life or something, Nick. And um, so yeah, I find like. Uh, just taking a moment to meditate in those very, you know, busy conditions, like, you know, I ride a train often, but similar things, like if it's a cat, a busy cafe or whatever it is, very good for me because I'll, I'll really start to notice that hypervigilant part coming up and thinking like, Oh, what was that noise? You better open your eyes and look. And it's like, what was that noise? You better open your eyes and look. And it's just working through that. I love that stuff as well. You want to, you want the, 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 uh, most productive way to meditate, meditate with a cat in the room. <laughs> I'm not a cat person. Me neither. That's, that's why it'd be a good meditation. It'd be, it's just a, um, a, a cat locked in a room with you and you're going to sit there and meditate. It's going to meow, it's going to scratch, it's going to be clawing <laughs> at you, it's going to purr, it's going to, and, and you just got to sit there and hmm, it's just, I think the more stimulus we can have, yeah. the more it's going to Well, that, that was like, the Buddha, the Buddha, right? You know, um, was yeah. it uh, Mara? And so, you know, Buddha was meditating under the Bodhi tree and Mara, who's sort of the, the Buddhist, I suppose, you, you tell me if I'm right or wrong here, but it's like the, the avatar of evil or the devil kind of thing. Right, mm-hmm. and so Mara is trying to tempt uh, Buddha away from his meditation, trying to make him break focus. So I don't think he was shooting arrows in in Buddha's mm-hmm. direction, and he just had to sit in stillness. He would send the uh, very seductive uh, prostitutes or beautiful women or whatever it was to start to try and get him to come out of his meditative state. And the Buddha was uh, was holding strong despite all those distractions. Focus. It's all about focus, but it's it's great when. You're meditating in a room with a clock ticking and then the, the sound of the clock will come and go. I mean, it's still there the whole time. It's just your focus is aware of it or not aware of it. So mm. it's, it's, it's not the sound that's coming and going. It's our focus is shifting um, and zooming in or zooming out or something. So I think it's really helpful to have some stimulus when we're meditating. Absolutely. Yeah, no, you start to notice that everything just comes from our own, you know, stories and ideas. Like I, I did a session, I've been working with this lady for a few months, um, doing a bit of, you know, more kind of spiritual work. And Oh, it's working this, yeah. Yeah, we had a session maybe a week or two ago with uh, another place not here and uh, over the road they were doing some construction and so just, um, you know, banging and making noise and I normally have a, I was like in my head I'd just be like, shut the fuck up. Cause like Tommy's trying to sleep or something. And they got angle grinders going and, and all that. So I had this real negative association with their, their noise. And we're doing this session and I got into this really beautiful state where I was just really, I'd let go of all mind and story. And I was just aware of just what was happening. And it wasn't until I came out of it that I noticed that the noise was happening over there. It was very prevalent, but I just had no stories behind it. So the noise was just arising 
and noise was going away to back where it came from. And, and, and that noise was no different to the noise of my breath or Tommy laughing or the, or the clock ticking, you know, it's just, you know, some things that are coming and going. And it was like, it, oh, wasn't, that, it wasn't, it wasn't triggering you though, because you didn't have a belief that it shouldn't be there. Exactly. Exactly. And so then you come back and you're like, oh man, how much more suffering am I causing? Cause I believe a, a noise shouldn't be happening or, or whatever it is. Welcome to unnecessary suffering. Yeah. <laughs> Hey. Hey, collect, collect, collect your badge and your hat on the way out. Badge, I'm, I'm, if I had unnecessary suffering from my life, I'd have like, you know, the, the scout, how they collect a badge for each thing. My whole body would be covered in bloody badges. You know, I'd have them up on my wall. My face would be covered in them. Well, well. Um, right, unnecessary suffering. <laughs> Well, that's, that's true. It's, and, uh, you know, clients talk about what do you do in mind fitness? So, well, we help people to think constructively. That's mm. that's it in a nutshell. Uh, well, why is that? Well, because there's suffering. You get why, broken why into. Why is that? Someone's... Who's asking why is that? <laughs> Pretty well, self-explanatory. People, people man. <laughs> yeah, why would I want to do that? I'm asking why some dude's in my toilet. Like the, the, these questions get asked, all right? Yeah. So... Um, uh, yeah, the, the suffering and unnecessary suffering. And, and once you learn this concept and you realize how much suffering you're creating within yourself that's unnecessary and you start reducing it, all of a sudden you see it in everyone else and you're like, fuck, it's everywhere. Everyone's doing this. And so it's I like just a, went It's in- like Corona. It's like a virus, a very, very yes. highly contagious virus that's been around for ever since we've had a prefrontal cortex, I would say. So we, we, we went to, um, we had a MindFit Men's Golf Day last Sunday. How'd you hit him, mate? I didn't because my wrist from skateboarding is still Can we talk about your skateboarding after this? Yeah. So I bought a golf membership and then fell off my skateboard. Now I can't actually swing a golf club. <laughs> so I've become a member and I can't play. <laughs> Nick, what's happening in your life at the minute? This is such a beautiful testing period for you. That's, that doesn't face me. That's just, that is what it is. No, it's just, um, most people, you know, as I say to people, I've had, I've had 10 years training in this, you know, so if you look at it objectively, if I was your regular Joe and someone who was unaware of everything that was happening, all these things would compound and compound and compound and build and build and build. And then I'd reach this point where some blokes in my toilet and I'd lose control of my entire being yeah um i uh, <laughs> it was like a controlled burn off today you know at bush it was like a mm. uh, when i saw the bloke it was like a controlled fire that's and, that's sort and, of the feeling that i got it's like like you said we m- most people we compound these things and it doesn't even have to be like you've had a lot of things happen in a short time but even things that happen um over a longer time compound 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 but like you said it's like a burn off if i can go through, let go, go through, let go. Then my, my overall load that I'm carrying around doesn't get to an unmanageable state. Because if you got to an unmanageable state, that's when people see someone in the bathroom and just go in and knock their, punch their lights out well, that's a, and then go, why the fuck that, did I do that? With that 10 years of training, who knows what I would have done, but whatever I did would have been mindless. Mm. Yeah? Uh, and it would have been super destructive and negative and dark and blah, blah, blah. But, you know, so I... I Someone said to me at golf, they're like, oh, you pissed off. <laughs> it was a client, I think. A client said, oh, oh, you're pissed off that you can't play golf today? And I was like, do you know what I do for a living? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I said, 
No, actually, it's uh, oh, oh, whilst yes, it'd be great to play golf with everyone. It's also created an opportunity for me to jump in a cart with Zach, who's recovering from cancer and helping us out and doing some work. And him and I are sort of driving around all the groups and making sure everyone's having fun and a good time. So, you know, one door closes, another opens. And he's like, oh, yeah, I forgot about that. Yeah. <laughs> so we had um, oh, we had a bit of fun. We played um, worst ball. So we played Ambrose. Yeah. So instead of so Ambrose for those non-golfers is is you you and a playing partner you can play two or four ball but we, we just played in pairs and so you both hit off and then whoever's tee shot is the best then you hit from there and whoever's second shot's the best you both play from there so it's a good fun game but, yeah well it is for people without handicaps and who don't play very often though. yep um, but we played worst ball off the tee and then best ball um, for the, the second shot of the hole. Yeah, oh, okay. Oh, okay. Oh, it's a bit of a good so, nice little change. You know, so the first bloke could stripe it down the middle. So Shane absolutely nailed one down the, the first par five. Fr- Pressure's the on then, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, and his mates, his mates hit one sideways. Yeah. So they've had to go and play the sideways shot. Yeah. So it was all designed to create some stimulus to yeah. see how people... Oh, it was nothing worse um, than having to go and pick up your ball off the middle of the fairway and walk into the trees. <laughs> <laughs> Well, there is getting getting killed or losing a leg or having something die in your life. Oh, that's, that's subjective. Worse. So, so <laughs> there's nothing worse than so hear how mindless that was. Yeah, you weren't even aware that you said that. There's nothing worse. Than, it's an automatic. T- it's automatic t- language. Tell the tell the Jews that there's nothing worse. The Holocaust wasn't worse than me having to go and pick yeah. up my ball from. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so um, I, I so don't hit it in the fairway much, though, Nick. So it's a big deal for me. <laughs> don't justify it. <laughs> so, so we gave each group a list of the cognitive distortions, and the the other group playing with them had to mark down when a player from the opposite team was in a distortion. So that by the oh, end of it, yeah. So it was, it was very a cognitive distortion fun. scorecard at the end. Yeah. 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 It was a ripper. So, and people were calling distortions on themselves, like, ah, oh, I got angry. That was me. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, it was a ripping day. Everyone had heaps of fun. The weather was perfect. It was, yeah, it was just a great, great day. And it's like and you hit it and you're like, what, what, why'd the ball go there? So, well, that's, that's physics. Yeah. <laughs> it shouldn't have gone there. Oh, it did. <laughs> well, it did. It did. Yeah. It's not fair that it ended up in the bunker. Oh, that putt should have gone in. No, no, it shouldn't. No, 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 it didn't. Maybe if you had to hit it differently or softer. <laughs> <laughs> so it was, it was like it was like just a big medex class, a meditative exercise class. It's, yeah, yeah. Let's, let's create some stimulus. Let's see whether they're attached to these irrational beliefs and get reactive, or let's just see if they're just in the in the moment. No, oh, yeah, it is what it is. And yeah, so they did they did a great job. Oh, that's good. That's good. Yeah, sports a funny yeah. one, you know, like. I think about like even footy. I don't know if I've spoken about this before, but like after when footy, I went through mate. when I went through my stuff, because I was like obsessed with pretty much all sport. I still I still love sport, and um, then I went through my whole you know what I went through, and all of a sudden I started to look at sport a bit different. You know, I was like, I was like, what am I what am I getting so riled up for about a bunch of dudes chasing a ball around? And, you know, one's wearing one colour and one's wearing another colour and we're all human beings. Like, I got real funny about it. 
And I now, spoke about this in another podcast. Yeah, really? but now I've sort of the, the pendulum swung one way or the other, and now it sort of sits in the middle where I'll watch footy or cricket. You know, the Test cricket started yesterday, um, or the UFC, and when it's on, like I'm all in. Like I just, I love, I love getting fired up. I love like yelling at the TV. I love it. Like right? I did today. Did yeah. <laughs> and so I love it. And then, but then it's like. As soon as the siren sounds, I'm just like, oh, that was fun. Yeah, yeah. You know, whereas I remember there'd be times like if we we lost a close game, you know, years ago, then I'd be like, you know, muttering under my breath and stewing on it the rest of the day, even the next day. Um, I remember I'd speak to some people who were right even more into it and they'd be like, oh, that's ruined my week because the team lost on a Sunday. And it's like, you're going to have a shit all the week because te- uh, we lost. It's like, we lost. You were just fucking watching on TV. You're not involved. It's that I'm in suffering. I'm going to go and find other people who are in an equal amount or more suffering and so then we can enable each other just to continue in this suffering. And how bad was that? That was terrible. It wasn't fair. No, it wasn't fair, was it? I can't believe we lost. No, me neither. That shouldn't have happened. Why did that happen? Yeah. And it's just like... Just, just enabling. And Ugh. so I try and look at this as like a extrapolate that out and to, to life, right? And I think this is where I'm, my own sort of philosophy is, is, has been moving with, with life is that like Ooh. go all in, like go all in with life. Like, you know, have extreme fun, have periods of stillness, like do whatever you're doing, like play the game of life, but realize that it's a game. Yeah, so it's like you, you don't take anything too seriously, even though you're going all out. You're um. Well, you got to be playful with it. You got to you got to play around with it. That's why playful. I, I like that. That's why I, I try and teach. I don't try. I, I do teach clients to to laugh at themselves because most of what we're doing is hilarious because of how irrational it is. So yeah. just just start laughing at it. And none of it none of it kind of really matters either. No, but yeah. and it's I love it when they come in and they say, oh. Oh, I, I didn't do this bit of thing at work, and I said, "What happened?" They're like, "Well, the world didn't end," and I'm like, "Oh, that's good, isn't it?" And, and they're like, "Yeah, in the past, I, th- I thought the world would have ended." Yeah, it's just, <laughs> it's this, uh, this, this sense of I am so powerful. If I don't submit this report, the world will end. Like that's 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 a, you're a powerful human being if you can do that. Yeah, the universe really is hinging on that report. If the, if the fate of the world rests upon you. We were about to get sucked into a black hole and existence was yeah, about to stop, but yeah. the report mate, got in. Mate, next time tell me and we can get some help around you to get that fucking report. Everyone, just cool. everybody That's on the crucial. planet <laughs> just trying to work towards getting this report done. You can do it. You can do it. Don't distract him. Shh, shh. And the problem um, is someone else goes, oh, everyone thinks that his report's the thing, but no, nah, it's my my project that I have to get done. That's the thing. And then everyone else is doing the same thing. Yeah, so uh, trying, to, trying to, like, what I usually would have done with that dude out there um, if, I, if I didn't want to experience a bit of distortion for a bit of fun on a Friday, that <laughs> shows you know, my life, doesn't it? What did you get up to on the weekend? I uh, just got distorted for a I, bit of fun. I, I, I mindfully <laughs> went into some cognitive distortions. What did you do? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why Emma's with me sometimes. <laughs> uh, <laughs> what a hoot. Uh, <laughs> 
better, better than the guy at the party. It's funny when you read some comments on Instagram. Occasionally, I'll mindfully, I'll mindfully go down the rabbit hole and read some comments, and, you know, just to see how irrational people are being. And and you always see this, you know, it's it's a really nice post or something. He's like, oh. Oh, but those shoes are shit. And and I love it when people go, Oh, you must be fun at parties. It's, yeah. all, it's always this, this dude's someone's trying to suck the life out of this really nice experience. And, and someone always calls him out, Oh, you're that guy at parties. Yeah. That's such a good comeback, though, because like no one yeah. wants to be known as that guy. Like, no, I'm not. I'm not like that at parties. <laughs> no, no, I was just having a bad day, man. <laughs> So yeah, if we can if we can be more, what I would have done with the steward outside is I would have been more curious, and and like and I and you could hear it. I was, I was like, what are you doing? So my my natural instinct was to get curious, and that but that's come through ten years of training. Instead of expecting that he shouldn't be there, I'm like, what are you doing here? I don't really want to know. And. That's and why so, you ask if he's homeless, because you're like, well, that I would offer you know some sort of explanation, and maybe you could you know, help him out or whatever it was, but, you know. Yeah, but that's all I wanted to know if he was shooting off as well. Like, do I need to maybe call an ambulance as well? So yeah, yeah. Once again, I, I was still very present in my distortion, but it, um, but it was, yeah. I, it's, yeah, if we can just laugh at it and be curious. Like, it, I, when I posted on, on social media uh, the bits of artwork, I, I really – Made an effort to say it. Please, no negative comments. Like, no, fuck, that sucks, man. Or, oh, I can't believe that happened. You know, I said, no, I framed it. I was like, it was only some art. No one got injured. Everyone's okay. And and so because of right that, people are just commenting, oh, I'm sorry to hear, Nick. I hope it gets returned to you. I hope it finds its way back to you or something. Nice. So it was, yeah, which is, which is much nicer instead of... Uh, People, a friend of mine got, it's amazing how many of my friends get angry on my behalf because I don't get angry very often. <laughs> even, when I, even when I was going through my marriage breakup and, and you know, my ex was taking all this money and, and I was just letting it go because I prioritised my, my time and my happiness and health and everything. And they were like, can't believe she's fucking taking so much. It's fucked, man. No, should we go and do this? And I'm like. Why are you? Why are you acting on my behalf? It's just. Well, I think, so, I think they. I think people. We all do it. I think we we unconsciously, based on our sort of map of the world, we unconsciously see a lack of anger there. So we're like, you know, that, that we we're not within. And very unconsciously, we just step into anger because we're like, oh, you know, Nick's not going to get angry. So there's a lack of anger. I've, I've, I've got to step up and <laughs> get angry. Yeah, for well, it. that's uh, usually the, well, there should be anger here. The norm is for there to be anger here. And, and because it's missing, because it's not coming from Nick, I better supplant it and, and put this put this anger in place just to make things normal. Yeah. So I, I posted on like Instagram and something. And a friend of mine <laughs> replied to it. It was a story. So she sent me a reply to the story. She said, <laughs> she's like, are you fucking kidding? Exclamation mark, two question marks, exclamation mark, question mark, exclamation, question, exclamation. Some serious punctuation. I know. And I said, nope. And she, she's come back with cunts. <laughs> and followed it up quickly with absolute fuck pigs. Fuck pigs. Fuck pigs. So cunts, absolute fuck pigs. And then, sorry, dude, with a full stop. 
I know it's only material things, but people can be so shit. Um, and I said to her, it's amazing how angry and upset people are getting on my behalf. And she said, someone has to. Ha ha, it's because you are so kind and detached. <laughs> and I said, I'm not detached. I'm, I'm not apathetic. I said, I'm just mindful of who and what I give my power to. I was still disappointed, suffering, but then I didn't go into destructive thinking and use cognitive distortions, unnecessary suffering. <laughs> and I said, you know, I said, if Victor Frankl can walk out of the Holocaust and say everything can be taken from us except our ability to choose how we feel in any given situation, I said, losing a few bits of art, dot, dot, dot. And she's like, are you a psychotherapist by any chance? Got it in one. Yeah. And that's what happens. Like, you know, one of those distortions is worst case scenario. You know, the, 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 nothing's worse than someone picking up a golf ball from the middle of the fairway after a good drive. You know, it's, a, it's, it's that blown right out of proportion. And, and so many, you know, it's so natural, so easy to do uh, until you learn not to do it. Um, I've, I've been doing this thing with the clients lately, writing a list of 10 down to one, and they're like, oh, it's the worst. All right, all right, well, where would you put that on zero to 10? They're like, oh, it's 10. I'm like, all right, well, your mum getting cancer, where would you put that? Oh, well, that'd be 10, but it can't be because there's something. Yeah, let me, there, let me bump know? this one down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. okay. Yeah, and, and so, no, so if we put mum getting cancer at number nine, and then yeah. what about your dog dying? Well, that'd be 10. I'm like, it can't all be 10. So, uh, so it's number eight and then becoming quadriplegic and losing your job and having your car stolen. And we, so we fill up the list and the, by the time we get, a bit, we get down to about five, they're pissing themselves laughing because they're seeing how yeah. irrational they're yeah. being. And they're like, oh, I get what you're doing. Yeah. And, <laughs> okay, get it now. I pulled, I pulled a guy out of suicide, like deep suicidal thoughts. He came in for his first session and this was the first thing we did. Because someone, he, he thought his girlfriend or his ex-girlfriend had cheated on him a year ago. Mm. And he'd spent 12 months just getting more and more bent out of shape. And I did this. It took us five minutes to pull him out of suicidal thoughts and to put his mind back in shape. And he's just sitting there and going, fuck, it's not that bad, is it? I'm like, kind of not, especially you don't know that it happened either. Exactly. Yeah. That's what can happen. It's like, that's amazing, by the way. Um, it's like we, we get stuck in a box and then it's like, yeah, it becomes an echo chamber of our own thoughts. And for him, it's like 12 months of being in that box and just bouncing around all these thoughts and then things tend to get worse. And, you know, she definitely did. And this is how she did it. And this is who she did it with and blah, blah, blah. And then it takes you to do an exercise like that, where you kind of pull him out of that box and he can look at the box from the outside and gain a bit of objectivity around that. Yeah, you can't see the forest for the trees. So um, I'm just writing up these some distortions. Jumping to conclusions, worst case scenario, using should or critical words, um, black, black and white, white or bi binary thinking, disqualifying the positives. That's sort of all I can fit there at the moment. Mm -hmm. So the CDs, cognitive distortions, that's where we get spaghetti brain. Uh, um, and they create these uh, EDs, emotional disturbances. So that's anger. That's, that's Nick today. Yeah. Putting brackets Anxiety. Nick next to that. <laughs> okay, Nick. <laughs> um, or a part of Nick. Oh, it's not whole Nick. Uh, depression and guilt. 
So this is what this dude had been doing for 12 months. Yeah, imagine being caught in this cyclone for 12 months. And, and we, we look at this as well as in that neurological pathway. That's constructive. The hard path becomes easier. That's destructive. Easy path life becomes harder. So he was stuck in this destructive. This is, destruct, this is destructive thinking. So he was stuck in. And so he's bouncing. From his jump to a conclusion, they got cheated on, so he got angry, and then he blew it out of proportion with his worst case scenario. So he got depressed, and he's like, "She shouldn't have done that." So he's getting really anxious that it was going to happen next time, and then he's like, "Oh fuck, I'm an idiot for for doing it." So he's labelled himself as well. So then he's felt guilty, and he's just kept bouncing and bouncing and mm. bouncing between distortion, disturbance, distortion, disturbance. So this neurological pathway is just getting deeper and deeper and deeper mm. and deeper and deeper and you know, his mind is getting more and more and more and more bent out of shape so in that situation his capacity to self-manage and self-regulate and you know be in the driver's seat his his emotional intelligence was just completely out of his reach he, he just couldn't choose how he thought or felt or behaved so no no it's like he's been running that, that those thinking styles and those programs for so long and this happens to all of us and then it, it impacts you so greatly that you, you think the only way to 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 for it to go away is to kill yourself or well, even for you nick with the agoraphobia and not being able to open the door same thing was happening you know you're running these styles and yeah. it affected you that well, much. My, my, my mind got so distorted that it, it disabled my body mm. you know the, it created this illusion that's all our whole life is an illusion my illusion at that time was it's terrible out there don't go out there it's nasty and you're gonna get hurt so the anxiety went i'm here for you i'm saving you you can't open the door you can't go outside and in that i was i, I couldn't find a way out of it so the only thing i could think of was to end my life but uh in hindsight i didn't want to end my life i just wanted to end the life i was living mm. but i didn't have the tools and resources and capacity to to create a shift or to create a change it wasn't until some part of me was just like this is so irrational. Like you're 30 years old, fully functioning, except for a bad knee. Um, you should be able to open this door. It just doesn't make sense that you can't open the door. So mm. that little, that little, what the hell, sort of created that gap. And that's where I went into my metanoia you know, after that. But um, it's, it happens so easy. Right? It's, it's, it's so quick the train leaves the station or you just get swept down that river of thought and you know it's some days two days later you'll pop out of it and go and fuck where have i been you know it's, it's tuesday yeah. already and but that's two days and for this fellow you know it was it was 12 months and so no wonder totally. we end up in that in that state and i think it was really important what you said i like it's like we don't so much want our life to end we just want the life that we're leading to end but we can't see a way out of it because we've kind of been stuck in those same thinking styles for so long. And then, and you can see how someone can get caught up in that if they haven't, you know, if they haven't been trained or learned about this stuff, or they don't feel have anyone they can safely open up to who can start to help them see outside the box, mm. then, you know, we, we, and then we isolate even more in those instances. So, going back to an earlier metaphor. So, you know, his life entered a storm 
and he he just lost his compass. He lost his bearings. He, he just couldn't get out of this storm. He was stuck in this storm for 12 months. So I came on. Thankfully, he found me, shot a flare up and, you know, came in for a session. Um, and I was like, I just plucked him out of the out of his boat and turned around and said, look, you're okay. It's, it's, everything's okay. It's, it's all put it all back into perspective for him. And he's like, oh, you know, finally he could start functioning again. And that's why the education bit's so important because there's, there's one thing like you, we can go in and, and take someone out of a storm and say, just follow me and I'll get you out of here. But if we don't give them the compass and say, Hey, when this happens again, this is how you get out of it. The next time they're in a storm, they're going to need you again to get them out. And that's that's what what I was doing for eight years. And when my business was state of mind health, it was just canceling and whatnot. And it was helping people out of their suffering. But next time, next storm came along, they'd be back in my office because they still didn't know how to navigate. Mm. So that's why when we change it to mind fit, oh, let's get people mentally fitter and stronger and healthier and teach them that there's this hard path that's constructive thinking and how to how to do that more you know, 80% of the time. Um, they'll still be human and go into destructive mm. thinking 20% of the time. But that's, uh, yeah, it's a, it's a different way. Yeah, that, that illusion that we're in is completely different. Yeah, and if people have the the knowledge and the the compass, so to speak, to be able to navigate, then it's just so much more empowering for people. You know, we don't have to. You know, it doesn't mean we don't reach out and get help and that, but it means that we we don't always think that we have to be fixed and we have to rely on someone else to do that fixing. You know, it's like we can go and learn some new tools and things so that next time it's like, hey, I think I can get out of this storm myself. And then, and then when we do get out of the storm ourselves, like that builds even more resilience, more empowerment and more confidence in ourselves that we can handle kind of whatever comes our way next. You get it, buddy. You get it. <laughs> I must be a psychotherapist or something. Are you? Are you? Um, I'm, I'm not distorted anymore. I'm not disturbed. I'm, I'm calm again. Oh no, your energy's changed. Yeah. I didn't, I didn't like it. (laughs) (laughs) You mindfully chose it and then went, no, this isn't me. I don't like this. Yeah. Yeah. I I dipped my toe in it again just to see what it was like. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, no, that's, that's why I don't swim in that pool anymore. (laughs) It's a bit, bit toxic. It's a bit green, that pool. Yeah. Yeah. Slugs in it. It's good to know it again though. It is. Yeah, it's, it's good all, to taste that know, flavor. Every every element of yin has some yang in it, and every element of yang has some yin in it. So we can't appreciate appreciate. People say appreciate. Appreciate. Uh, we can't appreciate appreciate um, the equanimity. You know, we get so con- just so like we get so conditioned to chaos. We can get conditioned to peace, and then when chaos occurs it's it feels bigger than it is because we haven't experienced it for a while so yeah we do we do need to um, step into both camps a little bit yeah absolutely yeah because if we if we were equanimous literally all the time then it wouldn't feel equanimous anymore i guess there'd be no I reference said that, point. i said that in my course you know the course i'm doing a psychotherapy and buddhism yep. course i was like i i I don't know if I'd want to be equanimous all the time because, mm. yeah, as you said, you, you wouldn't know that it's equanimous. It just become beige. Yeah, because right and now you, 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 you're, you're, dipping, you're dipping back into an equanimous state and more of a calm state, and it's like, 
<sighs> it's like nice because you're like, oh, I felt that that disturbance and that was, you know, blah, blah, blah. so now it feels nice. But if you didn't touch the disturbance, you don't feel the nice. It's like if yeah. you've, you know, like sitting in front of a fire can be good, but like if, if you've been out in the snow for hours and you come back in and sit in front of that fire, it's a whole different experience than if it's a nice day outside and you're just sitting in front of a fire. Totally. Contrast. Yeah, well, you, you, you sit in front of a fire on a 35-degree Australian <laughs> summer, you know, and then you sit in front of a fire in a Melbourne winter day, it's going to be two very different experiences, but the fire's still the same. Exactly. Exactly. So, um, yeah, but, you know, we talk about attachment being the source of all suffering, those emotional disturbances, and but if people get a, attached to the belief, and I'm seeing this a lot in clients lately, they'll come and they say, oh, I felt really anxious on the weekend. I'm like, oh, what should you have felt? Well, not anxious. Why not? Well, because I'm like, are, are you not a human being? You, you don't have a full range of emotions to experience, anxiety being one of them. Oh, so they, they're, they're getting agitated at their agitation again. Mm. And that's what's elongating yeah. that experience of anxiety because they're anxious about what they're anxious about. Yeah, it's like whatever you resist persists and you're just actually drawing it out longer by by saying that you shouldn't have it. Yeah. And yeah. and then so like, oh, one dude was doing a six-week program and he spoke about this in his six weeks. And I'm like, oh, so what do you want to do from here? He goes, yeah, better go into the 12-week program, I think. <laughs> <laughs> you really realised how much more work he still had to do. Yeah, yeah. It's like the same thing with, you know, sadness, especially guys. Guys will start to get angry that they're sad. I shouldn't fucking be sad. And it's just you start this anger and sadness loop and this thing just keeps going around and around and this this sadness that could have been felt and moved through the system in a, in a, a few minutes, all of a sudden days later, I'm, I'm angry because I've just oh, been well, feeding we, it. We, we, we sign up when, you know, when we're about to become a human, we sign up to, yes, I soon to be Nicholas Ross Sutherland hereby agree to, as a human, experiencing a whole range of emotions. Uh, so it's, it's, being sad is not outside the, the realms of probability. Or what if I didn't sign up for sadness? What if I just crossed that one out when I was signing? Uh, you didn't. <laughs> you didn't. So uh, it would have uncrossed itself magically. Yeah, I just I crossed out all the negative emotions, and then signed it, and then as I was going in to be born, I just erased that out. And I'm like, no. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and you came out of your mother's vagina. No. Yeah. We are. are. Scrambling back up the umbilical cord to get back in there. Uh, I crossed him out. The doctor picks me up, slaps me on the ass. <laughs> You're breathing. Fucking hell. Why am I here again? Um, yeah. So if, if we have an attachment, and so attachment is, is two parts it's an aversion or a craving or aversion and desire. So I don't want this or I do want that. And so if I only want to be feeling equanimous, then it's actually going to negate my ability to be equanimous because I'm going to have an agitation yeah. when I experience something that's outside yeah. those parameters. Well, every time, every time I'm not equanimous, I'm not accepting that. So that takes yeah. me further away from equanimous. It's like the, yeah. it's actually the, the opposite of equanimous, exactly. having some sort of opinion on the state that I'm in. Yeah. yeah, I shouldn't be feeling this. I should be feeling equanimous. Well, yeah. that's not going to help you to feel equanimous. <laughs> <laughs> it's like you're trying to force equanimity on your being. <laughs> be equanimous, goddammit, you piece of shit. I can hurry up and be equanimous. 
Well, I quantumus for you. Oh, shit. I've done, I've done three weeks of MindFit program. Why am I in a constant state of equanimity? Yeah. <laughs> uh, expectation. All right, we'll wrap it up there, mate. I've got to run. Oh, like literally, you're going for a jog or? No. <laughs> All right, okay. Good chat. It's an expression. I'm going to walk downstairs. Okay. <laughs> I might go for a, I went for a random run a few days ago. I'm not normally a runner, but I'm like, random I'm just, run. well, it was because I'm just like, I'm Tommy went to sleep and I'm like, I'm going to go for a run. It just came inspiration out of, out of it. That was after our podcast when my client had the irrational belief. He was, I fucking hate running, but he didn't realize he was saying it. And we're like, you right. don't hate running. Remember that? Maybe see, I do now. I didn't know. So maybe that was implanted mm. somewhere and that mm. just sprouted. That seed sprouted in that moment. I'm working my magic on you. <laughs> A random run. So uh, uh, I'm going to go and check. I'm going to go and check the back toilets. And I'm sure <laughs> no, one's, no one's shooting up out there. None of, none of your mates are bloody GBHing or whatever it is out there. My, my old mates. Yeah. Yeah. You're right. Hass's old crew. I'm like, you, you with Ryan. <laughs> no, man. Oh, fuck off then. That's funny on the on like the, the the stealing thing. Like his, like I said to you before we jumped on, I'm like it's weird they stole art because like I've been in in circles where people like broken entered and robbed and all that kind of stuff. And you always you steal things in in the drug community that, that you know the definite value of because you need it, that's it's a bargaining tool yeah. for drugs, you know. Yeah. And it may I just had the memory of when I was dealing because people that always they'd run out of money and just start offering you, offering you random shit for drugs. <laughs> and like this, this one time, and I always said, no, and then oh, you get, you end up getting bored and everything. So I'm like, all right, what do you got? And this guy was like a game show. He literally would come into the room with a different item from his garage and try and sell it to me. And, and it's so, I, I love how, um, uh, what's the word inventive or whatever anyway we, people can get Creative. yeah and he came in with a welding helmet and i was oh. dead set that close to buying a welding helmet because his pitch was that good like he came yeah. in with the helmet on and he showed oh. me the, the benefits you know how it went up and down what welding you could do and i'm like fuck this is a good welding helmet and i'd like stop myself and go mate there's no time in the foreseeable future that you're going to be fucking <laughs> welding you do not need a welding helmet <laughs> But it was like a show where like Shark Tank, but a bloody drug addict version of Shark Tank. <laughs> that's, a, that's a great reality TV show. <laughs> Shit, that, that, let's, let's, my if friends are producing. If anyone's gonna... in television, yeah, I'll, I'll help. Uh, yeah. I'll help. I'll help, you know, put the ideas together. Oh, that's awesome. I love it. <laughs> you got to be, can we be the judges? They're, they're trying to, they're, can we be the dealers? And they're yeah. just trying to, yeah. Yeah. So, and yeah, maybe maybe we can incorporate that the chair spinning around or something. Yes, or, you know, yes. we'll just chuck a bunch of different game shows in there. But um, yeah, yeah, yeah good times. You're, you're Delta, you're Delta Goodrum. <laughs> I'm unpredictable. All right. Uh, <laughs> I don't know if that's a title of her song, but the way you're it's laughing, a, it's I'm the thinking, only song that I know of hers. I'm thinking you just made a, a funny joke that only you. Get and uh, you are all, laughing at all. All Delta Goodrum fans listening will be having a nice little chuckle along with that one. Uh, Melissa Hyman just uh, got uh, in touch with me. What does she want? It's my 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 better half. She's downstairs. Oh my! Oh yes. Just running a testament. Uh, the Kashik. I'm so busy. I haven't done that for her. Right. I'm gonna I'm gonna jump off Ryan and jump on Mel. Good, that'll keep her happy and that'll um, 
benefit me. So that's great. Awesome. Great. <laughs> All right, everyone. We'll see you next week. Yeah, I'll be happy. Bye, Grumpy Nick. Bye. Thank you for tuning in to the Woke Blokes podcast. Please don't forget to subscribe to the show. Also, leave us a five-star rating. We thank you so much, and we'll see you all next time.